Welcome to the Summit League Tournament Preview of the Sports Block Podcast. We got a few other things mixed in here. Plenty of college basketball talk along the way. Uh, happy Dr. Seuss Day to you. Uh, not one, not three, not four, but two, maybe 22 of you uh, like Dr. Seuss like me. And uh, you're sitting and listening to this podcast by a tree. Even though it's winter and uh, everything's bad, but... Some good times are about to be had because we're going down to Sioux Falls to see the Summit League teams ring. Just off the top of your head, you had a good run and yeah. then you kind of fell off. Yep, yep. I mean, it. it's just like the Summit and we're about to go plummet uh, down in the depths good. of utter despair. But by the thinnest of hairs, we will keep the podcast going now... And uh, we're just done with the rhyming for now. So, Travis Crids joins me here. Uh, uh, hopefully, we'll have Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader coming up later to talk to preview about the Summit League tournament more. We'll hopefully have uh, Jeff Lloyd II from the Lockdown Browns podcast to recap a, a very interesting combine. There are a lot of uh, players that made some headway, including a punter from Arizona State. Uh, so... Uh, don't spoil the don't spoil the combat. I have a tape that I'm not gonna ever watch, so don't spoil it. Okay, I won't. Uh, we begin though with the Summit League tournament in Sioux Falls, March seventh through the tenth. So this Saturday through Tuesday, and unfortunately, the Jackrabbits Road on the men's side is significantly more difficult now after they lose a heartbreaking uh, 71-69 hard-fought game to the Bison. In Fargo, it's a game arguably they should have won. They let it slip away down the stretch a little bit there. But they were without Dougie Doug Doug, Doug Wilson, uh, who might not play in the Summit League tournament. So let's just begin there. Uh, The chances that SDSU can win this tournament if Doug Wilson is not at full strength, and that can either mean playing a game, playing no games, however many in between. 70%? 70%? 70%? 70%? Well, that's pretty That's pretty high still. I mean, I think they're going to win. I don't... They went to Fargo and lost an overtime without them. That's, that's the best team they've got. Mm-hmm. Fargo? That's not much. Yeah, I think they win it. The, yeah, if he's there, they win it. So... The difficult... I mean, yeah. The, the difficult... Can, 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 can we change this? To like the SDSU invite finally, for <laughs> How about the I twenty nine invite? Do other do other teams know? Do other teams or fans of other teams know they can also buy tickets to this? Uh, no. Do they know they're on sale? No, no, they don't because like, SDSU you can actually, you can, buys them up. Like right, like, like tomorrow you can stop by and buy tickets for these games this weekend. Like you can do that. I don't know because we've been on the team for what 10, 11 years now, and yep. We have yet to go to a game where <coughs> blue is about the majority color in any game. So, and I don't foresee a year coming up where that will change at all, because uh, SDSU fans love their basketball. I do think the men's road is significantly more challenging if USD doesn't lose to UND in the first round, because it's just a, it's kind of a mismatch nightmare for SDSU. Uh, now they will have the crowd there and. We'll see what Doug Wilson can do, but honestly, it, it, here's the thing. It, it goes through Doug Wilson. He is the next big star for the Jacks, even though he won't play a full four years here. 
He is, and don't forget about Wingett. And how about Detlinger? I mean, no, no, Friedel, he's the guy. There are so many good players though on this team, and this was supposed to be a transition year. And here, here comes SDSU, the seventh youngest team in college basketball. Not the seventh youngest team in the Summit. Not the seventh youngest team in the mid majors or the non power five. It is the seventh youngest team in all of college basketball, which is amazing when you think about it, uh, that this was supposed to be the transition year and SDSU says, nope, uh, here, we're gonna we're coming and we're going to win this all this whole thing, hopefully. Uh, unfortunately, injuries happen and Doug Wilson's is significant. Uh, we'll see if they don't play him in the first game and then play him the rest of the tournament if they survive. I mean, it... Last year, we didn't expect Billy Wright's Western Illinois squad, who won't be there this year, which is unfortunate. Uh, we didn't expect them to to lose to Western Illinois, the Jacks, with Mike Dom and everyone, and, and they did. And it was stunning, and it was awful. Well, this year, you get Purdue-Fort Wayne, who will make their last ever trip to the Summit League, and the, the Fort Wayne women aren't going to be there, so Saturday is going to be the last time we ever see Fort Wayne, hopefully, at the Summit League Tournament, which is bad because we lose Dandy Don and the, the good marching band, or the, not marching band, but the pep band. But uh, there's really no reason that SDSU shouldn't be able to beat Purdue Fort Wayne without Doug Wilson. Yeah, they should. They'll beat them. Beat USD, beat NDSU. I think he's going to play Go play on uh, Monday. I mean, this conference isn't good. It never really is. Uh, can't we say though that USD and and NDSU are good? Like that's a good top three right there. No. No. What? What? what in all the years we've been watching this this league, stack and what? Once they won a tournament game. Was that NDSU beat Oklahoma years ago? Yes. Yep. One 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 year. Ten percent of the time, one time, and then North Dakota State won with the twelfth seed. Mm-hmm. Once, once, all the teams SDSU's had—I mean, they they win it eighty percent of the time anyway. Oakland, those Oakland early Oakland teams couldn't win. Mm-hmm. I guess conference has been good at times. Had a couple of good teams at the top, but if SDSU doesn't win, it's going to be North Dakota State, as it has yep. been. Every year since 2011. Yes. So, last year was a surprise with uh, Western beating Mike Dow. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know what? This... Like, th- these, these teams just don't win teams in the tournaments. They don't. They get there, and... I do think SDSU has got a very good chance in the next two or three years because they're going to dominate the Summit League over yes. the over the next you know few years with as young a team as they have. I do think they have a very good chance to win a uh, a tournament game, a game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you don't think so? The men, no. <clears throat> Like, are they even gonna? Are they ever gonna get like a top? Well, the the twelfth seed was the best Dom could muster. Yep. Or the uh, Ohio State that are five twelve. Yep. And I mean, SDSU's been close a lot of times, but I just don't see any of these teams in the next few years being that team that does that. 
No. Okay. We'll 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 agree to disagree there. This Denver yeah, team okay. this Denver team, so the one eight matchup on the men's side, Denver has a great player by the name of Addie Murky or Aid Murky, however you say his name. He I mean, he scored like forty some points last week. He he regularly scores in the twenties. This is a there, there's reason to think that Denver has a decent chance to pull off a win against the Bison. It's not going to happen in all likelihood, but there's still there's still a chance. There really is. Um, I mean, they lost by twelve. Chance, but not going to happen. They lost. Last year was the first year in eight beat one in like the thirty year history of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't expect it to happen anytime soon or again. The fourth. The, yes. The so that's the first game on Saturday. The second game on Saturday at eight thirty will be the Jackrabbits against Purdue Fort Wayne. So get ready to say your goodbyes and sayonaras to Purdue Fort Should Wayne. I wear black? Should I wear blue? What do I wear to a funeral? Uh, black and blue. Yes, R-I-P-F-W. R-I-P and then the P-F-W down the side, R-I-P on the top. I just think you do R-I-P-F-W. R-I-P-F-W. Goodbye to the Horizon League. Have fun playing Oakland. N-U-I-U-P-U-I-U-C. We'll go black. Black roses, or do we do like a memorial out front of the thing? I, oh, I think a memorial for sure, and I think we invite Chris Paul back. Mm. I'd be, uh, I'd be in favor of that. You know, get Chris Paul back there. Uh, we'll get to, uh, was it Frank Gaines? Is that the that's the big guy, right? Huh? Was it or Forbes? It was Forbes, wasn't it? Both of them. Frank yeah. Gaines was a good player. Forbes. Solid player, big as a house. Uh, great uh, John Tomshaw, he's yeah. really lighting up for who's he playing with Memphis or whatever the hell. So, uh, who about uh, John Tomshaw out, out of last year's class of Summit League folk? Between Mooney and Dom, it'd be John Tomshaw. Is he actually playing on okay. the Memphis Grizzlies roster or is yeah. he in the G League? Wait, both. He's played multiple games with Memphis. Very good. Very good. Dom like, can't get a sniff. John Conchar playing multiple games. What a world we live in. What a world we live yeah. in. Uh, speaking of the world we live in, good temperatures on Saturday and Sunday, 65 degrees, so I don't know if I'm going to wear my Summit League attire or not. Well, um, I think I still will. Those cut off sleeves. cut off sleeves. They got that awful vest. They gave you one year, which hopefully you've thrown away by now. Nope, nope, nope. Well, wait, wait. There was one year that I didn't get a vest. There was one year that I've missed like four clothing years. Um, but uh, the the black one, I think, was the very first year. I still have that. Oh, yes. Me, so I, I, I as well. Great but, but there is one that was a vest. It was like woolly. It's like, yeah, I don't, I'm glad I missed that year because that looked yeah. Like hot garbage. So I, I'm considering skipping the Sunday afternoon session. So that looks like Well so so we'll get to the women's side here in, in 
just a moment here because you're right. It's not not great. Sunday night, the what the uh, the four five matchup is going to be Omaha and Oral Roberts. Uh, I think if you, in order for or for like. NDSU is going to face a stiffer test against Oral Roberts than they will against Omaha. Omaha just isn't that impressive. And it it's really painful to think that SDSU lost at Omaha to begin Summit League play. Like, that cost them a one seed. Yep. I think Oral Roberts, they've had a couple of close games. against North Dakota State. I'll be rooting for Omaha, though. You, you want Omaha over Oral Roberts, huh? Oh, Roberts. I don't know if I've ever wanted them to win the game, but uh, I think Omaha's my favorite summer league team. All right. Outside of SDSU. Okay. Oh, and then uh, the Sunday night game, USD against UND. Uh, they just played on Saturday, so that's a three-six matchup. I hope UND wins. I hope like hell they win. I don't think they will. I think USD will win. But it should be a very good game. And we'll see how many UND folks actually show up this year. Because last year they had the, the big old snowstorm up up north. So we'll see if UND in their second year of Summit League tournament eligibility will bring a bunch of fans down. And what's interesting about the, the, the schools that are not SDSU is that they're all playing on different days. USD women play Saturday the first game, and the USD men play the very last game on Sunday. NDSU men play Saturday night at 6, and then the UND, the NDSU women, I, I can't remember what, what their uh, what their date is. Uh, I'll pull it up here. but um, Or what time they play at, but it's either noon or 2.30 on Sunday. And then you uh, mentioned that. And then UND, well, I guess both their men and women play on on Sunday, so that'll be interesting. Omaha, their women play on Saturday against USD. So, uh, who's who's going to come to that game and watch that uh, slaughter? Yeah, the only other schools you know worth mentioning are USD and North Dakota State, and they they've had plenty of good teams. I don't know why they don't show up. UND plays SD. We're all in even playing field now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Uh, USD can't use distance as an excuse to stay distance away as booking this from Sioux Falls. Uh, North Dakota State travels to Texas, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to use the excuse of, oh, it's too far away. Now they go to Texas for a fucking football game. Yep, absolutely no. not. I absolutely agree with you there, full wholeheartedly. So you can't uh, be, be doing that. So I, I don't know why. I'm an SEC fan. I mean, they people complain about uh, football attendance. But uh, you sure can't complain about the the basketball nope. next week. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, the UND women play SDSU in the first round on Saturday. So, like like NDSU and USD and Omaha, they're all on different days. SDSU is the only team that has both their teams playing on Saturday. And yet, uh, we'll still likely see more SDSU fans in attendance on Sunday than we will anyone other than maybe the uh, USD in the late session. But even that's not a, a given. But, so, SDSU, so you're picking SDSU to win it all. 
on the on the yeah. men's side. Okay, I think they will. It's it's all it comes down to Doug Wilson for me. Uh, if if he can play even like seventy to eighty percent, then I I like SDSU's chances. Uh, it would be very helpful if UND could beat USD. But if that that doesn't happen, I think SDSU could still beat USD, and then they can beat NDSU again. Uh, this will just be another rematch in the Summit League Championship game, and I think SDSU can upend the buys in there. But if they don't do it. I think it's important for SDSU fans to remember that this was supposed to be a transition year. They were not supposed to be as good as this year as they have been. And just look to the future for the next two to three years because they are going to be very, very, very good. The problem is they got Doug Wilson, who's the best, the second best player in the league. Mm -hmm. That's an addition from last year. They've got Noah Friedel, the best freshman in the league, one of the, you know, top ten, maybe the way he's playing right now, top five players in the league. Yeah, you know, a bit too much, but where would you w- I mean, wing it in the in the freshman campaign? I would. Um, what is he? Done? I don't even know what it is. If he's done anything? Does he even average five points a game? Oh, I think I so. I think so. <clears throat> I haven't been impressed with him as much. Let's see. I think Friedel's like winning player of the year before he's done. Probably maybe as a junior. Like he's that good. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Uh, points per game. Uh, Winget is averaging eight and a half points a game. That's fine. Uh, three points behind Noah Friedel. Matt Dentlinger. Uh, Dentlinger. Twelve. Uh, yeah. A full point per game more than. Friedel. So, I mean, it's just a great team that they have, and they're not losing much. They're losing Brandon Key, which is a bit of a, a factor. Uh, but, and, oh, uh, and, uh, or, uh, Bo Brown. I mean, that's great. From, from, uh, your city of Mitchell. So, yeah. One of, one of the more annoying players I find. He never plays. He acts like a dipshit. Wow. I don't think he, people think he's funny, or he thinks he's funny because he's just walk on dipshit that uh, never plays, and you know that's kind of a joke. He never plays. I don't know. Maybe that's funny to him. I don't know. I think, I think he's an idiot, but whatever. <laughs> All right then. So on the women's yeah. side, I think we can both say that this is going to be the first year where SDSU certainly isn't favored to win it. And, you, I mean, USD is so heavily favored to win the, the Summit League, but this is likely going to be the first year where USD actually beats SDSU in the championship game. And that is likely, the, so. that, that is likely the only hurdle that USD faces is just that mental thought of, oh, we've, we've met SDSU in the championship game before, but we've never won. That that's the only way I, th- I can I can think of that would uh, that that would prevent USD other than an injury to Sierra Duffy. That's the only way, the only thing I can think of that well, would prevent them from beating SDSU. Maya Sellen's not playing. Yeah, Maya Sellen, she's the best player, and she hasn't played for a long time. That helps. Good year to pounce on SDSU. They're down a bit. Um. I mean, they almost lost to Oral Roberts there a couple weeks ago, so you never know what can happen. But yeah, they should win, and uh, we'll see. We win there Tuesday. Can you 
can you finally beat SDSU? Somebody that's been, what, 11 years, can finally, finally beat SDSU in the final? Maybe. Highly unlikely. Highly, highly unlikely. Uh, as we go back to uh, trying to educate, trying to educate USD fans, trying to educate media members of how things work. It seems mm-hmm. like we talk about this every week now. Uh, getting like the San Diego State deal. Oh no! Like, like we're not past this yet, um, but we're not. Uh, the newest thing, Stack. You know what the newest thing is today? Uh, I do not. No, please, please enlighten me. Uh, oh, oh yes, yes. We'll, we'll enlighten everybody here. Uh, so, media member, the uh, gentleman that writes for the Yankton paper. Uh, I feel like you've brought him up today. a time or two before. Uh, yeah, uh, USD women are twenty-seven and two. They climbed three spots. They're in uh, they're seventeenth in the media poll this week, Stack. Seventeenth. Okay, it's solid. So this guy says, uh, big question now is, uh, will the selection committee put uh, put USD in the top 16? They revealed their top 16 tonight, Stack, and they revealed the top four brackets, you know, oh. the top four seats in each bracket, their final projections here before the big uh, final one. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know, you know, will they, will they put USD in the top 16? No. Because, you know, those top four seats they all host. And he wanted to know, oh, they're going up to 17 in the media poll, what they host. No. Uh, so I said, you're saying no, really? You're saying no, Sacken? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be, Good. no. There's no chance in hell that they right. would get a, no. There's there's no way. I said, my reply was, let's, let's not get out of ourselves here. And uh, he was like, I'm not. Oh, Okay. I said, where you're ranking in the coaches or media poll has no impact or bearing where the committee ranks the team in the bracket. The, the media poll and those polls, they don't have nothing to do with the commission, with the actual bracket. And the guy, and the guy says, he's aware. Well, to me, he doesn't appear to be aware of that because if he was aware, he wouldn't have sent the tweets that originally started this discussion. Now, would he? Right. Because you wouldn't have said, will they climb into Why the you- top four seeds in a region being 17th, you you wouldn't do that. You you, you wouldn't say that at all. Why are you making a correlation between their poll rating and where they could potentially be in the brackets? He's well aware of that. Well, based on your original tweets, I don't think you are. And if you were, you wouldn't have said that. So that's why I find these people so frustrating to deal with, in which they say one thing, you read it, you can only assume one thing from that. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up and they say, no, that's not what I meant. It's so fucking frustrating. It just is. It's just, you know, these guys are going to get so pissed in two weeks when they're six seed in this tournament. Oh, yes, they and will. And they're going to say, what? What? We're 30 and two. Even though well, SDSU was a six seed. It, it, huh? SDSU was a six seed last year. SDSU, when they went 31-2 and two with Jen Warkentine, the very first year of, of eligibility in the tournament, they went 31-2. and two. They got a seven seed. They had to play TCU, the 10 seed, and then Baylor, the two. You can't tell me that 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 US that this USD team is better than that SDSU team that first year or last year's SDSU team. I will bet, I will argue it bottom, you know, until the until I'm blue in the face that, that, that this team is not better than either of those SDSU teams. Five years ago, Princeton went thirty and zero. They were an eight seed. Yeah. 
They were ranked 13th in the poll. They were 30 0. They won every game they played. They couldn't have done any better. They were human eight. And they won that game. Mm-hmm. So now the thing is oh, can they get a top four seed? And if you get a top four seed, then you host first, second, first and second round. And I'm just thinking, dude, these people are going to be so pissed when it's a six seed you're or get- maybe a seven. Because you're getting their expectations up. And that's it's like we can't. I, I, can't, I feel like you know, we did this volleyball thing, and we do this every year, even in years when they're not even in the discussion. When their RPI is like sixty, and it's not worth discussing, they still gotta say, "Oh man, how the uh, I only think they deserve to get in. But it's like they weren't even one of the first four out. They weren't even one of the first ten. They weren't even in the fucking discussion. It's so disheartening because people listen to these folks, the radio, the media, the TV, uh, the newspaper. They listen to these folks to inform them because the average fan is stupid. They don't have a clue how this works or what the hell an RPI is and what a strength of schedule is and how any of this works. Mm-hmm. So they're listening to these guys to inform them. So when you got people out there saying, boy, could they get a, well, could they get a top 16 seed? Could they be a top 4 seed in one of these regions and hosts? And people latch on to that and think, man, maybe they could. When they know that's not. It's realistic at all. There's nothing they can do that helps, helps their resume anymore. They're not going to play any top 50 teams. They're not going to have any one more quality win out of the bunch. They can only hurt themselves the rest of the way. They'll finish 30 and 2. Mm-hmm. Probably be a 60. And people will be pissed at that. All you got to say is you better win a fucking tournament game because you never have before. You better win a tournament once, beating SGSU in the final because mm-hmm. you haven't done that either. So it is very frustrating to go through this each and every year, whether it's volleyball, whether it's some stupid awards list, and it's the same idiots every year. And uh, sometimes I think they just try to do it to rile it up, but apparently from my discussion today, it's no. I think these idiots actually believe this. Wow. And I, I just, the, the media in this state is so trash when it comes to this, especially that extreme selfish quarter. It's so garbage. It's so well, that's why the majority of the state of like when it's when we're not talking in election is blue versus the smatterings of red all about. And I, I will say this: I think if USD is a seven seed, they win one game for sure, and then they get bounced. If they're a six seed, I will give them a chance to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. If they're a five seed, then certainly I believe it's Sweet Sixteen or bust for them. Uh, anything. Just win the tournament. Just win this tournament. Well, once. well I, I think they will. Please. But like, I'm even looking at Please. the Pac. I'm looking at the Pac-12 right now. There are six teams ranked in the top 25. Uh, Oregon's going to be a one. Stanford is going to be a two. UCLA is going to be a three. I believe Arizona State and Oregon State will be no worse than four seeds. So you got two four seeds right there. Uh. Arizona State probably going to get a 5 or a 6, maybe maybe a 7. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll down. Oh, hey, let's talk about the SEC. Let's look at this here. South Carolina, they're going to be a 1 seed. They're 16-0. and 0. That seems very reasonable. Mississippi State's going to be a 2 or a 3. We got Kentucky, Arkansas, Texas A&M. They're all 10-6. and 6. They are, I you know, I see a f- no worse than five seeds for Texas A&M and Kentucky, and Arkansas is probably going to be a six seed, maybe a seven. Again, this is depending on how the, the tournaments go this year. 
South Dakota, uh, let's let's just pull up the old. Uh, who have they beaten this year, Crins? Who have they beaten? Uh, let's see. Any impressive wins in there? Well, Green Bay, they, they had a down year. You got three top fifty wins. Missouri State beat them, so that's not great. But they do have a win over Ohio State. That's very good. Utah. So it's out of the mid-majors, South Dakota is clearly the best mid-major, I would say. I don't even think there's much of an argument that can be made for anyone else, maybe outside of Gonzaga. But Gonzaga, I mean, they're going to get a four seed, maybe a five. So there's, by the way, UMKC women leading the whack. How about that? Uh, UConn's going to be a two or a three. Uh, NC State's going to be a three, most likely. You got four. I mean, there's just... I'm just looking here. There's no way they get a four seed. There's no way. They get a, they get a five seed tops, but I think a six or a seven is far more likely. I mean, it's just embarrassing that these people... I mean, have they right that they... I don't know, like people respect their opinions or people think their opinions are good. I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, it's so stupid and ridiculous. And you know it is, and I know it is. Mm-hmm. Other people know it is. And it's just, it's embarrassing. I, I look at them and I look at them as they're embarrassing. I don't respect them. I don't think they're good at their jobs. When you say something like that, <laughs> And I look at that and like I can't take anything else you ever say seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, so in the bag for the school you cover that you can't objectively look at and say, "Yeah, four seed, no, probably six. Like, it's just ridiculous. Your job is not to go to bat for the school. Your job is to look at the numbers and to kind of come up with an accurate prediction. Four is not accurate. Six is more accurate. That's so an embarrassment. The afternoon session, the early afternoon session for the Mountain West Women's Tournament, which is being played in Vegas at the Thomas and Max Center, which is where the Mountain West uh, the men's uh, tournament will be played at. 1,287 people are in attendance. That's 7% of the arena was filled for that game uh, or for that session. Uh, that included San Jose State t- taking down UNLV and Fresno State taking down Nevada. Uh, why why are they being played in these big arenas that clearly they're not getting the fans for? Um, they play along with the men. Well, the men start on Wednesday. The the yeah yeah. So I think like the women's championship game is Wednesday, and then the men's tournament starts Wednesday night. I'm making sure this here. Right, let's give me that old Mountain West. I mean, there's no other tournament that draws besides women. Ah, right. The women's tournament, that the championship is 10 o'clock on, on Wednesday night. And that means that the men's tournament is, oh, look at this. Three games, uh, three men's games on Wednesday, 2, 4, 30, and 7. And then the women's game is the nightcap. So that's a, you know, impressive that the Mountain West would do that. So kudos to them for that. But anyway, back to the Summit League. USD is going to win this tournament on on Sunday. 
by the way, when you were uh, when you were trashing the USD uh, faithful out there, and who covers them? Uh, Kelsey walked in here needing something, and she just smirked uh, when you were trash talking them. So uh, obviously, you've done some good stuff there because she tell just her to tell the people at work that USD media sucks. <laughs> There's no reason for them to suck. Okay, I'll do that. I'll see if she uh, if she runs into anyone at St. Cloud State who happens to be a USD fan. Uh, I, I I highly doubt that, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So on Sunday, the the Omaha is it? Yeah, no, that's that's the men. Give me the women's game. Okay, here we go. On Sunday, the women, uh, it's Western Illinois. Our our uh, buddy J.D. Gravina is going up against Oral Roberts, so I'll take Western Illinois there. And then North Dakota State takes on Denver. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, very, very poor uh, slate on Sunday for the women's game. But either way, it's going to be USD and SDSU, and we will say that SD, or USD beats SDSU. At least I will. Are you going to go that far? Yeah, uh, IUPY women won the Horizon regular season. Good for them, uh, and that would be a uh, Austin Parkinson, correct? Hey, stacking you, you read my mind, Zach. You read <laughs> my mind and make a good old, uh, good old uh, something other. I'm shaking just yeah. thinking of it. Oh, God, yeah. that's bad. I, I hope uh, the USD men win. So I would prefer to. I would much prefer, prefer to see that game on Monday night than UND for God's sakes. So I hope it's USD and SDSU on Monday night. As long as SDSU wins, that's all that matters. I I would want. So let's see that game because I think I know how that ends. Well, we hope anyway. We hope. Well, but either way, so I'm done. None too concerned about uh, that. So you have the USD women winning the the and the SDSU men. I will I will cautiously say the SDSU men will win, but I think this is like NDSU was the heavy favorite to begin the year, and so it's it's hard for me to go against them. It's really going to be all on Doug Wilson's health. Uh, if he can give him a go. I think SDSU wins. If not, uh, I think NDSU ultimately prevails. But the Summit League tournament. I think they showed a lot. They showed a lot in Fargo the other night. Yes, they did. Yes, yes they did. Uh, but that then game being like that, um, you know, but then keep that game, you know, within overtime for God's sakes, and without him, I feel like they can beat them. Without him, and even though I feel he'll play, I think he'll be fine uh, with ten thousand people there. So, yep. Well, hopefully, hopefully, and uh, again, no show next week because we will be at the Summit League tournament. Um, so, we will have our our, our next get together. Will be the for the bracket breakdown, the best podcast of the year. We preview the bracket and go pick by pick, uh, region by region here, and hopefully in front of full arenas. Because let me tell you this. I I get it. The coronavirus is very, very scary. Um, 
I've been bringing it up more. I've been looking at the coverage more, and you know what? I, I'm I'm a little more concerned because I don't want Noah to catch it, and like it, it obviously affects the elderly and the young. Now, fortunately, Noah's you know been through a lot of sicknesses, and he has I mean he has a flu shot and stuff, so I'm not too concerned or as concerned as you know other people might be out there, but it's still a concern to me. But then I see these stories about some you know group saying that the NCAA should play the games in empty arenas and I'm seeing like if the NHL and the NBA want to do that then then so be it but don't do March Madness without fans in attendance like just just cancel the whole damn tournament then that's how I feel about that like that's stupid um obviously take precautions I would hope that people are smart enough wise enough to wash their freaking hands in warm water, you know, wash your hands all the time. Blow your nose, wash your hands, go to the bathroom, wash your hands. Like, it's just, it's not hard, people. Uh, you know, take your vitamins, just be smart about your health. And if you are feeling bad, go to the doctor. Uh, I know you... Don't go to work. Don't get other people sick. Yeah, I know you, uh, you've been battling an illness here. That's not the coronavirus because you had limes and salt available, so that's very good. Uh, but I don't like it. Just be, you know, like, just be sensible. You know, you're one of those people that oh, you go to work when you're sick, no matter what. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting paid any more. I'm not getting paid any more money. I'm not getting the bonus. I'm not getting the thank you on the back. You know what? I took a sick day today. You know what? I took a sick day two Mondays ago too. A year or two ago, I probably wouldn't. This year, I'm like screw it. I never take sick days. I'm taking them all. The general thing I got. Probably got a couple more left. I'm taking them all. I don't give a shit. I'm taking all of them. Do you okay? Do you get so, sick days at work? Like, do you get like sick days yeah. apart from PTO? Yeah, you get. I get ten days off, and then you get certain days off. Uh, you know, you get three more days for sick days. You get a day or two for like a funeral or whatever. You get your birthday off, which is stupid. Um, I like that. I. So it, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. Can I have it, uh, another day, please? Oh yeah, I guess we can take our day, we could take our day off anytime, like either in that month yeah. or the month well, after. Your, your birthday's on a Tuesday, Sack, and you gotta take it off. Alright. Can I like wait? Can I like not do it on like a random Tuesday in June? Nope, you gotta take it off. <laughs> oh great. Yeah, yeah, I really fucked my What are you gonna do? Nothing because it's Tuesday, June twelfth. <laughs> I work yesterday and I have to work tomorrow. So that's stupid. Um I mean, what, six people died in Washington. At a nursing home. I understand. Yeah, there's no, like, cure for this thing yet. I'm sure that's why it's a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find this just to be, this has gotten out of control for me. Just the coverage of it. Mm-hmm. And just the, the outrage, you know, canceling this and canceling that. They're not going to cancel anything. Of, of significance like this. The, the NFL is monitoring the coronavirus, uh, and it's in part because they're bil- the billionaires, like 70% of them are over the age of 70. Of course they're more susceptible to a, uh, a disease that'll kill them. Like, Gary Jones might die be- from this. Oh, darn. That's fine. Whatever. Nobody <laughs> would care. It's like... 80,000 people died of the flu last year. Will there be a hundred in this country? When this, you know, in, in a few months when it's all said and done? 
what have we got, six, seven, eight, nine in this country, nine or ten? Yeah. Are there going to be 100 people in this country die? A hundred? 200, 300? What do you, what do you think? I say at least a hundred. I say at least a hundred. A thousand? Um, depending on the number of cases. I think a hundred, maybe. I think that like that's the that's the thing in all of this is like the percentage of the people who have died is very low. It's over eighty thousand cases worldwide, and there are twenty eight hundred deaths, and all but like a few, like a, a very small percentage. All of them have been in China. Yes. So there's a few, a few here, a few there. There's like a two percent chance you die because of this, which is apparently twenty percent higher than the flu. The flu is like at a tenth of a percent you die. But eighty thousand people, <laughs> eighty thousand people died last year because of the flu. It was the highest in four decades. That's very high. And some people said, "Oh, you know, this coronavirus spreads. Thirty million people could die." Well, yeah, that's if everybody in the fucking world got it, or everybody in the country got it. <laughs> but it ain't gonna happen, okay? Not everybody's gonna get it. Just a small sliver of people. Well, we have a few hundred confirmed cases in this country, if that. Right now, yes. This isn't gonna be... It's just ridiculous. But again, like, it, if, if you aren't feeling good, you know... Maybe stay back a little bit. You know, drink plenty of fluids. Wash your hands. Take the medication that you need. Get vaccinated, people. Get vaccinated. Um, I wish they cared about... I wish they really cared about stuff that, like, mattered. Like, I, I find this just hilarious that six people died. It's hilarious to me. People freak out. Oh, no. This many people could die, and then you look at the guns, and it's like, oh, yeah. Well, you know... 10,000 people died in the government. No, not, nothing to do. What, what can you do? Oh, six people died of this flu. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. No, six people died. When you say it like oh, that, that, I mean, yeah. Well, what about, what about the 10, 10 15,000 with the gun? No. No, the six people that died. Like, I don't care. It's such fucking, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, how could I care? How can I literally I, care? I just don't about any of this. Like I get when you're you're talking about eighteen thousand people confined into a small area for an entire day or you know a couple of days and stuff, and then it spreads into the cities and stuff. Again, if you aren't feeling good, do you know drink fluids, take your medicine, and just you know be smart about it. to play it in an empty arena. What is this? Like this is like you're playing in the whack and like women's whack. I mean, who cares? Like at that point, don't even have the tournament. I'm serious. Like this, it. March I don't have the fans. I don't give a shit about the fans. Have the games in an empty arena. I don't care. Just have the games. I it, I think I think March Madness. What makes it a great event is the atmosphere in which it's, it's played in. The games for me. Like yeah, the games are exciting. You know. But we were at the Final Four last year, and you have to admit that like the, the seventy thousand plus people in there helped make that. Like, the games were very good, but there was a level of excitement within the crowds and the fan bases that also contributed to it. 
I hated the people I we sat by. So well, that's that's <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't bring those people up. Uh, I can't well, wait. No, I wish these people would not have showed up. Well, well, the one guy order a beer every five minutes or so it seemed like. Yeah, they were best on the game and they were obnoxious and annoying. I'm like, yeah, why do I get stuck with these assholes every game? That's why I try to find a spot in the corner where nobody's at. Like, leave me alone, please. The Whistler might be there, though. Yeah, I could hear him from across the arena. You don't want to get stuck by people like him who think who think that they matter when they don't. I'm going to yell. There's going to be 10,000 people there. I'm going to yell. But I'm going to complain about every whistle, whether it's for or against my team, because I think I know what's going on, even though I'm in the fucking nosebleeds. I just want to put on my professional wrestling act for the weekend like they do and dress up like a fucking Game of Thrones character. Oh. Like, Jesus Christ, wow. you're four years old, buddy. Jesus, a GOT I reference. One, I know that one hurts you deep, I know. But it's like, that I one hurts have, Charlie more. That one hurt, that That one cut Charlie real deep. Sure. Um, um, let's go through, so we had big upsets last weekend, or this weekend again, Baylor loses, so I think we can all safely jump off Baylor now. They suck. San Diego State almost lost. Utah State lost to New Mexico. That is not good. Florida, yeah, Florida State loses to Clemson. Uh, who is the other top ten team that lost over Duke the weekend? Lost twice, for God's sake. Yeah, Duke's there. They're yeah. We're done with Duke. We don't need to worry about them anymore. Uh, Villanova couldn't score against Providence. Providence is back in the tournament. Yes, that means our boy Ed. Ed Cooley, let's go. Let's let's. Let's get to you to ride Ed, with a uh, with Ed Cooley there. Um, West back of his head looks like a lot of cornfield in this area last year. A lot of patch of fields out there. Uh, I feel like it's gotten. I feel like it's gotten worse over the last few years than when sure, we first started noticing. And not does he wear it just as like a badge of of courage or a badge of honor? You should probably shave it. it looks stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Why the hell do you keep that? I don't know. look like that, you're like, well, should probably shave my head. Hey, hey, North Carolina beat Syracuse on Saturday, and you know who was in attendance? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he was there. Jimmy Fallon was there. Julian Edelman apparently was there as well. Where else would you rather be on a Saturday morning than the Cues in Carolina? In a year where they're both awful. Yeah. I can't think of it. Why, why, why were they there? It's a good question. It's a good question. Brady to Buffalo? Brady to Buffalo? Is uh, this one oh, wow. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. They haven't been mentioned yet, but uh, you would take that Brady because... Brady to Buffalo? Yeah. Let's start this. Yeah, they got a real good quarterback, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he would feel. He had a real good one. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Uh, I, heard, I heard last year he threw for multiple touchdowns. Yes, it, you, you heard correctly. You heard correctly. Yeah, yeah Duke lost on Saturday, too. So, uh, it, it, you know what? Everyone's losing this year. So, here's... It's perfectly scratch. Yep. Okay, so here's the teams that... I, Michigan State, what a win they had against Maryland on the road. Krenz, I'm back on the Michigan State. I'm back on Sparty. I'm back on Sparty. Um, I really like them. No, no, we're not going to get quite... A, you know, like, see all the... You know, is it Ciola Clark or no? Keanu, Keanu Clark, he, very good. The, the point guard for, for Virginia, he's fantastic. 
But no, I. Fifty-two to fifty. Fifty-two to fifty. <laughs> it's, it's, Get it's, the hell out of it. It's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. But um, yeah, we're gonna go Michigan State. Uh, I like Dayton. Kentucky. Dayton. Kentucky. Oh yes, yes, Kentucky. Yes, we're right in Kentucky here. Um. Oregon, yeah, I'm still, I'll, I'll take them. Uh, yeah, I've been out of all years. Yep, yeah, I know. I know. You can tell me to get the duck out of here. I can't, I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, Creighton loses by 20 at St. John's. I'm not going to completely, you know, jump off the Creighton bandwagon yet. But if you're looking at Lenardi's bracketology, uh, do you take Gonzaga or do you take Creighton? I'll probably take Gonzaga. So as it stands right now, in Joe Lenardi's March 2nd bracketology in the Midwest, I will take. Fudge. Do I like Seton Hall's a two, and I still can't trust. I'll take Kansas in the Midwest. Because I hate myself. I will take Michigan State narrowly over Dayton in the East region. So that's the four. In the South, I will jump on the Ducks. Give me the Ducks as the four seed there. And in the West, we'll take Gonzaga. So I have two ones and two fours. That would be how I'm projecting it right now. I guess I could... Kentucky's in there too. You know what? You know what? I'm jumping from Gonzaga. Give me a three. So I have a one, a two fours, and a three right now would be how I would see it. Uh, those are the teams, but Dayton and Gonzaga are right there. Um, and hopefully these matchups aren't the aren't how they're showing because I need to not have a garbage region where at least I could pick one or two teams here, and there there are several that are a, a little difficult to pick from. Yeah. So, but that's who I'm on right now. Okay. And we still got two weeks to go here, so we got, we got time. <laughs> we do. Let's go through uh, some of these tournaments since we won't be, um, since we won't be having a show next week. We don't talk about it. We have the Missouri Valley starting this week. Is it, I mean, I certainly think Loyola Chicago has a chance. But uh, it's it's pretty much northern Iowa's at this point. Are we both picking. Are are you and I both picking you and I? Oh, probably you and I, you and me. All right. All uh, Mountain West. It's weird that they are starting their tournament this week, but they are. So, uh, San Diego State, Utah State, or the field. Taking the field, really? So, like a UNLV? So, are we thinking... Not, not, those, not those jokers, a real team. Who we'll, we'll lost something? Uh, Nevada? Let's see here. So, Steve Olford, you got them. They are a... They would be the... They're actually the three seed, so... There you go. Maybe, yep. Boise State in there, so... We'll see what happens there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do you care about the Atlantic Sun? You got Liberty winning that one? Liberty. Liberty. Hope they don't win, but... What else we got? Atlantic... Oh, okay. Let's see. The other tournaments that are starting this week here. By the way, we will have full conference previews uh, in the the stack coming up here uh, beginning Tuesday this week. So uh, definitely look forward to that. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, they... The uh, the Big South. We got Winthrop here. We got Radford. Who do we like? Uh, 
All right. Uh, let's see. We got the SoCon. This is going to be interesting here. The Southern, I mean, East Tennessee State has led this for the majority of the way. Furman's in there too, though. Our Furman squad and you for Crins. I'm hoping Furman beats ETSU in the championship game, and then East Tennessee State gets the gets an at large because East Tennessee State has a win over LSU that's better than many other at large. Uh, school. So I was. I'm hoping the SoCon gets two in. That that's my hope. Do we stand a state fan think oh they should be a five seed or something like that? No, no, they they, they don't. It, the fact that they have been in that ten seed line is is remarkable. Okay, hope you get it. Hope you get two. Uh, let's see. Who else do we got here starting this week? Uh, the Horizon. Uh, Wright State will take Niggy to win that one. Uh, Patriot League Colgate, or are we we thinking uh, maybe maybe uh, who else we got here? Okay, you like the toothpaste, so uh, that's that that always helps here. Um, the West Coast Conference. This is, honestly, the West Coast Conference. To me, this is the the fascinating thing in all of this because they're going to get three teams in the West Coast Conference: Gonzaga, BYU, and St. Mary's. I don't see St. Mary's winning this tournament. I think it's either BYU or Gonzaga. But even San Francisco has four or has twenty wins on the year. It would be. Astounding if somehow this league got four teams in, if San Francisco miraculously won it. I don't see that happening, but we're, I think we could, we're both taking Gonzaga here, right? Yes. Okay. Um, do we care to talk about the big – I mean, there's still a week to go in the Power Five conferences. and like, no. who, who can pick the Big Ten? I, no one. ACC, that's going to be a crapshoot. The Big 12, it's likely Kansas. Uh, and Baylor headed for a collision course, as Stu Gotts would say on the Dan Levitard show. Uh, the Big East tournament's going to be fantastic. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know who's going to win. I, To me, it's going to be either Seton Hall or Villanova. But listen to this fact. Listen to this stat on Providence here. They have won five straight games. They won five straight games against ranked opponents in the same calendar month, and they're only like the fifth team ever to do that. That's impressive. That's pretty good. Put him in. Get 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 on the Providence bandwagon here now. Um, any any other uh, the Colonial? Do we care about that at all? Hofstra. Oh yeah, Hofstra. Uh, uh, we got uh, either Hofstra, maybe Delaware could sneak in. William and Mary. That's a chance. Chance. There's a chip chair and a chance. American East will take my Vermont Catamounts there. That's. Not a surprise to anyone. How about the Big Sky? Big Sky is interesting. Here we got we got three teams that are in great shape for it: Eastern Washington, Montana, and Northern Colorado. Who do you like in the Big Sky? Montana. Ah, oh, fudge! I hate Montana. Oh, let's see. Big West, we don't care. Horizon, I already talked about it. All right, so I think that does it. Any other uh, conference? Conferences that you uh, oh Ohio Valley starts this week too. I forgot that we got to mention oh. your Tennessee State squad is in there. Um, sure, still 
be them. <laughs> it won't be them. It's going to be Belmont, Murray State, or Austin P. by the looks of it. They're the top three teams in there. But I'll give you a team on the, the, that you need to pay attention to in this tournament here and watch them lose right away promptly in the first round. But it's East, Eastern Illinois. Tony Romo's alma mater. By the way, congrats to Tony Romo here for getting $17.5 million, $17 million a year from CBS to call football games. That's unreal. He's doubling the money pretty much he made as a pro. It's staggering. Uh, but Eastern Illinois, remember, they, they are the people who are the, they're the team that had that 27-point comeback against Murray State, uh, one in wild fashion. I was going to say Eastern Illinois, a team to watch it for in this tournament outside of the top three. Really? Yep. Of course. I mean, we have to, right? I'd like to see the Govs of Austin P win it, but... Um, well, let's go P. Let's go P. <laughs> uh, any other tournaments starting here? I don't think so. Not really any of note. Like, the... I think uh, the, the Horizon's doing something weird. I don't know. So, that's it. So, it, it's going to be fantastic. We'll have the full bracket here in two weeks for you. We'll have a full bracket preview. We'll recap what, what we've kind of thought. Let me ask you this. A-10. How many teams get in from the A-10? Is it going to be two or one? Two. Okay. Are you saying Rhode Island makes it? Rhode Island, yeah. I'll make it. And Dayton, then. Of course. Dayton. Okay. Maybe Richmond. Richmond could get in there still. VCU, we don't have to worry about them. So it's going to be great. So uh, two weeks, two weeks, uh, the big bracket breakdown show. Don't fill out your bracket before you listen to this podcast. We'll give you inside. Well, we'll give you our expert analysis here as only we can do. And hopefully we won't screw your brackets up for you. Uh, so, yeah, Tony Romo gets that. Uh Gee, Grins, I don't, uh, I don't mean, the NFL Combine was... Uh, what, are they, what are they voting on this NFL team? I thought that was supposed to happen last week. Who knows? But let me tell you something here. Aaron Rodgers, never been in agreement with him on anything. I, I loved what he said about that. And then you're hearing about all these other guys who are t- sticking up for their locker rooms, like Nate Solder and uh, whoever the Detroit Lions rep is. About the, the guys making the minimum salaries and how this will help them, and certainly it will. But then you have Richard Sherman, who's saying that he will not play a 17th game. They can find him, they can cut him, they can do whatever, but he will not play 17 games. The Pouncey Twins apparently are trying to set up a fund, you know, for players to strike, along with like Russell Okun. Like they're, they're saying, no, oh, you know, putting 250,000 into a pool right now for striking players. I want this is what I want to happen. I want the big stars who don't who are voting against this deal. I want them to sit out for the season. Even though the NFL would still go on, the ratings would plummet. Like if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, he, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> the thing is, like they've got, they, like they've all got to do this. Like just a few of them can't. Right. Like they all got to get on board. They know we're not, or just don't sign the thing. And say, all right, come up with something that cause the deadline's a lot, not till what, next offseason or whatever? Yes. So this is not urgent. This is not urgent. This is not, you know, this is not coming up on the deadline. They've got 
a while to do it. They've got more than a year to go. They can say, no, we don't want this. Come up with something better. Uh, a, a 17th game is not on the table. So. I just I want the I want the players to strike. I want the the big stars to strike, and I don't care if that affects the the Vikings at all. I want them to strike. I want these guys to if they if put your money where your mouth is, and if you really don't like the deal, sit out. That's what I want to happen. Um, interesting note in Peter King's Football Morning in America column on Monday about. Uh, my dream job, creating the NFL schedule and Howard Katz and his crew. Um, just about how difficult it is this year because of the quarterback carousel that is going to happen. Like, you know, the, the schedule is going to be released here in a month and a half. And we don't know where the quarterbacks are going. We don't know where Tom Brady's going. We don't know There's where... There's only one quarterback that matters. Who else matters? It's a domino effect, though. Be- okay, like... Like, who could possibly move towards, oh, God, we got to get Phillip Rivers against the Chiefs on Week 10. we got to get Phillip Rivers and the Colts against the Chiefs on Week 10. we got to get Cam Newton and who the hell knows who. Uh, like, we got to get James Winston uh, against the Bucks Week 5. There's no quarterbacks worth a damn outside of Brady. And but, I think he's not moving. So, okay, but if Phillip Rivers plays for the Colts, wouldn't you say like okay, the Colts should be worthy of like three to four nationally prime time games? If they don't, like if it's if it's if it's Jacoby Brissett, they're they're good for two tops. They're, they're like that's it. They're, they're two max. And I what, have an idea. What if Drew Brees doesn't resign with New Orleans? He will. He said he will. He what What if Dak Prescott doesn't the like? What if something happens with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? What if they're in a frame? take him. back. What if the what if the Cowboys get Brady? They won't. They got that Dak Prescott. Give them the franchise tag. But what if what if they got Brady instead? But they they they, they do. <laughs> they, they they well they haven't yet. Uh, what if the Vikings got Aaron Rodgers? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? What if uh, what if what if what if Brady goes to the Raiders? Yeah. Don't, don't release the schedule until, like, I don't know, June? How about, how about after the NFL draft? So if there are some rookies playing yeah. against one another, it could, uh, it could, it could be interesting. Like, there was, uh, April 23rd, April 23rd, so release it the last week of April. Release it after April, release it in May, release it in June. I don't give a shit. Release it the week before the season. They get the NFL got lucky a few years back when they put the Titans and the Buccaneers in a week one late afternoon slot. And it wasn't the, the marquee game of that, that slot, but it was still a late afternoon game. And it just so happened that that was the year that Winston went one and Mariota went two. And you had the two going against one another. Uh and what, what great careers those two have had. Hey, Winston, hey, there's no, been no other player in NFL history that's thrown 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same season other than Jameis Winston. So. That's great, great accomplishment. And Mariota played several snaps against the Baltimore Ravens. Take a, take a month off, Jesus Christ. He, he takes a month take off in the off. summer. 
Well, they like the rest of your off. Any stories write themselves or something. I saw one big bastard run like a 5-1, whatever that big son of a bitch was, that ran like a 5-1, then everybody creamed their pants about because he was like 360 pounds. I think that's the Mackay Becton, the offensive lineman from Louisville. Yeah, take him in the second round because he can run fast. True. Well, he's going to be taken like 10th overall. For what? He's a big offensive he's lineman. Big. Yeah, he... He's very good. He's very good. That the best offensive lineman, or the the offensive lineman that did the most for themselves, I believe, is a Tristan Wirth from uh, Iowa. He he did outstanding. Isaiah uh, Simmons from Clemson, the linebacker, was phenomenal. Uh, you him, know what they should do? What what should they do? They should like line up like five linemen versus like four defensive linemen, and do that like a hundred times and see who gets the best of uh, whoever. Oh God. Do you think Instead they, of running in shorts. Instead of running and jumping and all this other shit that don't matter for linemen. How about we see you go against somebody you might play against? How about we line, now, let's say, let's say get Chase Young and we get this big bastard, whoever he is. Beckton. Yeah. And let's say they go, say they go one-on-one ten times. Line them up. Line them up one-on-one a few times. Line them up with, maybe they got uh, guys, you know, maybe they got a tight end on one side, a guard on the other. Maybe they got a full line. Line them up ten times and see if you can get to the quarterback or see if you can get past each other, see if he can stop them. Okay. Do that. See what happens there. That's a much more useful exercise. But uh, would you risk more injury doing that? <clears throat> you could probably learn more than seeing how, I mean, how I'll talk in this Iowa guy jump. See. I mean, offensive lineman's jumping ability. I don't know if there's a least... <laughs> least important uh, attributes. I don't know if I can think of one. The how high uh, offensive lineman can jump. I'm not thinking of one off bat. <laughs> I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. Probably how far a quarterback can throw would be up there, but Jesus Christ. It's not good. I mean, Josh Allen threw it out of a building. So did Patrick Mahomes. He threw it out of the Arrowhead Stadium in the offseason. There you go. And it's, it's amazing how poorly these teams do with picking these players. And this is the, this is the process. This is the best we can do. Because this, this week combine in Indianapolis. I saw one thing that was pretty telling about, like, everything, you know, with the 40-yard dash. Yep. Like, everything was, like, you know, computerized again with, like, a laser and computers and... You know, it's like, you know, they, it's very accurate. Yeah. And then you have all these idiot scouts and coaches right there with their own stopwatches. <laughs> Saying, hey, dummy, it's already time for you. You're not going to be any more accurate than the computer system that they're getting the times from. So you use your little stopwatch, it's a waste of goddamn time. You can put that away. Because you're wasting your time. You're not coming up with any accurate information. This ain't 1972. It's fucking 2020. We got... We don't need a stopwatch. We got that all for you, coach. You can open the box. You don't, you don't got to do any goddamn thing. We'll get all this information for you. So, I find that fascinating. You got coaches and scouts doing a goddamn stopwatch at a line. Like, Jesus Christ. Hey, one more college basketball note for you. Uh... Evansville Aces are not very good at basketball. 
They didn't win a game all year in conference. They did not, no. And neither did the women. So both the men and the women went a combined 0-32. That's awful. I think they played 18 games. Oh, did the men play 18? I got 16 here for the women. Let's... It goes without saying, but no other team has ever beat the number one team in the country and then go last and never win a conference game. Yeah. Yep, and you're right. 18 games for... I mean, literally, we talked about last week. So Evansville, though, the women still have a chance then. The women still have a chance. It's not not that Kentucky's great. They're a good team. They could make the Final Four. But is that not the biggest upset? At least top five ever in college basketball. Yes, and certainly there are, there are factors involved because like Evansville has undergone a coaching change since then and there have been other issues associated with the program. By the way, Evansville hosts Illinois State and Bradley this week. Both teams have uh, above 500 records. So uh, 0-18 looks very likely for the Evansville Jay, what happened? What's happened? What's happened? Places. I don't know. I don't know. I could not tell you. Most state. Do you think Missouri State should be ranked higher than USD? USD beat uh, Missouri State beat USD, right? They did. Yes. I don't think it matters. Well, they got three losses. Four losses. Four losses, and they're not ranked ahead of them. Uh, correct. They are ranked 20th. I'm fine. Usually with 17th. That's fine. They have two more losses. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, it's, I mean, it, whatever. You know. 17, 20. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anything else before we say so long? Best time of the year, Crins. Okay. Best time of the year. I'm drinking more Dayquil and that cool last three weeks and half my life. <laughs> Are you uh, high doing this podcast then? Is that what I'm... Uh, yeah, it never... I think it never tastes good. Why can't they make this stuff? Like some of the kids' stuff, they had some grape stuff back in the day. It tasted yeah. all right. They still have grape stuff. They have grape and cherry. Why can't this shit taste good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. It's a great like question. Like, can't put something in there to make it taste okay, rather than just... I don't drink. I assume this is what whiskey and shit tastes like. I don't know. You could probably know better than I do. Um, no, I think it tastes worse than that. Depends on if you're mixing it with something. <laughs> Why do people drink again? Yeah, I've never quite understood that. Human element either, but goddamn... Here's something that tastes like shit and makes you feel terrible. Fuck, give me a, give me a round of that. <laughs> well, hopefully, I got a busy-ass week. Got a game tomorrow, got a coach's show Wednesday, got a game Thursday, got two more Friday. Oh, I got five days off, for God's sakes. Gonna watch some more basketball. You got the buffet yeah, on Sunday? Starts. Huh? You got the buffet on Sunday? You got the... You got the, the B Dubs yeah. on Sunday. We got the, yeah, and then the following week you got March Madness. It can't be get can't get any better than that. that that's the best part. Um, we may go. I'm, I'm, I wanted to go tubing yesterday, but I wasn't feeling up to it. And some reason, Great Bear 
we're going to be opening some falls somehow this weekend when it's 60 degrees. So I may want to go there Saturday or Sunday morning. One more trip down the hill. Yeah. And play the hell these uh, women's game on Sunday. Smart. Do the buffet day uh, Sunday afternoon and rest up for Sunday night. Very good. I like I like that game plan, and uh, I will hopefully have some news on the ticket front for you. So. Oh yes, we'll be uh, we'll be there in the corner with our UFC friends. <laughs> Very good. All right. We'll get well, rest up, uh, wash your hands, and uh, we'll see you on oh, Saturday. Yes. All right, we'll see you this weekend. All right, very good. Travis is joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. A great podcast indeed from the friend that you need. Uh, Dr. Seuss continuing the rhymes, and uh, we'll keep doing it as long as we have time. Okay, we'll be done. We'll be done for now. Well, that's a summit, uh, big Summit League preview there, college basketball talk. Uh, yeah, again, no podcast next week, so we won't be talking about the Big Ten. We'll be po- talking about the Big 12 and the ACC tournaments and stuff. Um Find out the entire field on Sunday, March 15th, Selection Sunday, and then we'll do the podcast on the 16th, and we'll hopefully have it posted for you on the 17th so you have plenty of time to listen to it prior to getting your brackets in for the first games, the first true games, beginning on Thursday, March 19th. Of course, all uh, NCAA March Madness games can be found on True TV, TBS, TNT, and CBS. More talk on the Summit League tournament aspect of it coming up next hopefully with uh yeah hopefully no we do we have matt uh, got confirmation we got matt zimmer from the argus leader he'll be joining me to discuss the summit league tournament further and then uh, we'll wrap up with some combine talk with jeff lloyd the second from the lockdown browns podcast but you heard it travis likes usd on the women's side sdsu on the men's side doesn't matter what doug wilson does but i think it does i think it's gonna matter uh, hopefully sdsu can win it Always look forward to the Summit League Tournament at the Denny Sanford Premier Bank Center. Uh, you can find this podcast available on podcast.com. Also, uh, follow me on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. You know, friends with me on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Follow me on Twitter, at ND Stacken, Travis Crins, at Travis Crins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up next, though, the Summit League Tournament talk continues. Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Who does he like? Who does he think is going to do it? Get some interesting nuggets from him, hopefully, as well. It's coming up next. On the Sports Block Podcast, Summit League Tournament, and College Basketball Edition. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. The Summit League Tournament is about ready to start, and the man who knows the Jackrabbits the best and has covered the Summit League for the last few years, and no doubt will have a busy week ahead of him, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great, Nate. How are you? Good, good. Uh, so, uh, we haven't talked, I don't think, during the basketball season, but uh, the regular season is done. Both the uh, men and the women on the SDSU side are the two seeds, so uh, we'll just get right into that. Uh, with the Summit League tournament starting this Saturday here, what are the expectations, do you think, for the team, for, for both teams, really? Uh, I don't think the women have a chance. Yep, I would agree with <laughs> that. I think that that's way. the first year I think we can ever say that. Yeah, and and I don't mean that as a you know a, a knock on them really. I mean, you know, I think they've done a nice job of uh, you know dealing with some adversity and finding a way to win most of the games that they should. You know, they probably shouldn't have dropped the home game at, against Denver, maybe, but otherwise, yep. you know, just about ran the table in conference play aside from that one other team. And mm-hmm. uh, when I say the Jets don't have much of a chance, it's because of of how good USD is, and I think. 
you look at the Coyotes' total body of work, uh, how they totally dominated uh, within the conference, including the two games against the Jacks. Uh, you know, they have a case to be, you know, considered right up there with last year's SDSU team, with 2009 SDSU team, uh, as maybe the best college basketball team we've seen in South Dakota. And, uh, you know, they're ranked 12th in the coaches' poll or whatever it is, and, and I think that's deserved. They're just that good. And I really don't see any scenario where they don't win it, uh, you know, unless there's a major injury or, or something like that. Um, I, I know everyone always says that all bets are off when it gets to the tournament twice We've seen USD come into this thing undefeated and then lose to the Jacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just you look at the personnel, who's on the court for both teams, especially with the Jacks, you know, not having Myasel on their best player. Uh, I just don't see any way that the Coyotes uh, don't win this thing and, and probably win it going away. Uh, on the flip side, I think the men have a great shot. Uh, obviously, Doug Wilson's status, you know, throws that into some question. Uh, but I think how well the Jacks played in Fargo the other night without him. Uh, would indicate that even if Doug doesn't play, it's not like you know they don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. That will severely hamper them. That will make it tougher for them to do it. Uh, but they're a good team. They're a balanced team. They haven't relied on one player all year as good as Doug Wilson has been. Um, what's fun about it is you know every year there's some level of parity. I mean, last year we thought the Jacks were a slam dunk. You know, Just... easy number one seed, going to cruise through it. Yep. They get beat in the first round by the number eight seed. So we all know crazy things can happen but i think the the parody this year on the men's side of it is maybe greater than it's ever been when you look at you know people have been saying top five but i think even you could extend that to the top six when you factor in north dakota and how well marlon stewart's been playing you know i think those six teams at the top all can legitimately say hey if we play our best basketball this week we can win three games and get to the ncaa tournament uh so that's gonna be really fun i i think it's literally one of those situations you hear it a lot, but it doesn't actually always come out, play out that way. But I really think this is one of those deals where anyone could win it, and we're probably going to see some some crazy basketball games. Yeah, uh, maybe some upsets along the way. Hopefully, not a seven over a two on either <laughs> side. But uh, just staying with the men here for a moment. You know, we're talking about the you know, Doug's injury and stuff. That of course will change how you know SDSU plays the this tournament out. But could the argument be made that perhaps even before they would get to, let's say, they face the Bison in the championship game, that the most difficult game out of the three could be against a potential rematch with USD in the in the semifinals? It's possible. I mean, USD is a scary number three seed. You know, they've played really, really good basketball at times. Their starting five uh, is probably the best, the deepest starting five in the conference. Of course, they don't get much from their bench, and you know, they've had games where. You know, some of their best players seem to disappear. Injuries have been a factor. I know some of their best players are playing right now, but they're a little dinged up. So they're a little bit of a wild card. You know, I, I think, uh, like like I mentioned, North Dakota, I think, has a really good sixth seed. Uh, Oral Roberts and Omaha, the 4-5, you know, those are, are good teams. I don't know, you know, are they good enough to win three games in a row over the weekend? I'm not so sure, but they're certainly good enough to win one game, you know, to knock off somebody that, that they get. So... Uh, that's what makes it interesting to me. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone is necessarily saying, oh, it's probably going to be the Jacks and the Bison in the, in the finals. I mean, even, you know, first round, I mean, I, I certainly don't expect the Bison to get beat, uh, but I didn't expect the Jacks to get beat last year either. And mm-hmm. I think uh, this year's Denver team is probably better uh, than the Western Illinois team that beat the Jacks last year. I mean, Ade Murky's playing as well as anyone in the conference. He went off for 40 against the Jacks yep. a couple weeks ago. So, 
Well, I guess that. I mean, I, there's so many crazy things that can happen. There's so many. It seems like every team has at least one really good player that if he gets going, that can change things. Uh, and it's really going to come down to, like I said, I think, you know, anyone can win one of these random games. Uh, how many teams can win three games? That's the big question. And uh, I think there's, you know, maybe four, five, six of them. I don't know. Uh, and as far as SDSU is concerned, that might be where the Doug Wilson thing maybe comes more into play is, you know, can they win one game without Doug? Sure. Mm-hmm. Can they win Can they win three in a row without him? That would be the question. I think that's the, you know, the thing that Jackrabbit fans, too, have to keep in mind. I think this is, the what, the seventh youngest team in college basketball this year. Yeah. This was supposed to be a transition year. So... You know, obviously the disappointment of last year is still fresh in everyone's mind. But if, you know, like SDSU is poised to be a dominant force in this league over the next two to three years, maybe even longer, you know, if they keep bringing in these recruits and, you know, the the freshmen and the sophomores continue to progress. So I think that's something for Jackrabbit fans to keep in mind, just how young this team is and how we were all thinking it was transition year. And here they are competing for the title. Yeah, I think you could say that they're kind of playing with house money a little bit, so to speak. Uh, you know, when TJ left and Hendo took over, and, you know, at the time, we didn't know Doug Wilson was going to be Doug Wilson. Uh, Noah Friedel at the time was committed to Wright State. You know, David Winget was still in Memphis. There were mm-hmm. a lot a lot of moving parts that hadn't fallen into place yet. Uh, but as those, even, even as those things started to fall into place, you kind of thought, well, you know, it'll probably take them a while to get going. Maybe they, you know, if they can just tread water and then maybe get hot at the end of the season, then maybe they'll have a chance to play for uh, a conference championship to, to be a threat in the tournament. Now, all of a sudden, here they are, the two seed, you know, one of the favorites. Yeah, that's not what anyone expected. Uh, but kind of to, you know, relate that to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the, 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 the shock last year of losing that first round game. I really think, and, and I know it sounds kind of funny given that, you know, Mike Dom. Skylar Flatt and Tevin King, those guys were veterans. They were seniors. They'd been through it so many times. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think they kind of, that maybe the pressure got to them a little bit, you know? And that just every single year they go into that thing saying, we're the home team. We've got the crowd behind us. We're expected to win this. I think that just finally wore them down and, and affected them <clears throat> in that first round loss last year. Now, this year, as you mentioned, the Jacks, you know, seventh youngest team in the country with all these young guys. Um, I'm very interested to see how they react to this situation because certainly you could say, oh, geez, you know, they're, they're all underclassmen. They're, they're going to, you know, have the deer in the headlights and, and be intimidated by the moment. And, you know, the stage is going to, you know, cause them to clam up and not play well. Mm-hmm. Certainly that's a possibility. Yep. Uh, but I think also a possibility, and honestly what I think is more likely to happen, is that they just come out there with like, hey, we've got nothing to lose. You mm-hmm. know, we're a, bunch of, we're a young guy, a young team, a bunch of young guys who have, you know, lots of basketball in front of us. We're still learning to play together. You know, there are there are no expectations. There are no, like, oh, you guys have to win this. They've already exceeded expectations this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and played very loose and as if they had nothing to lose. And that doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm predicting them to win the thing, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they did. No, are we thinking that Doug is going to be that Doug Wilson's going to be out for the first game? Is it going to be multiple games, or is there a chance he plays Saturday? Uh, I'll be surprised if he plays Saturday. I mean, he was on crutches in a boot in Fargo the other night, and uh, you know, in talking to Eric Henderson, I mean, he didn't really give me any. I wouldn't say he leaned in either direction when I kind of tried to read him for what the likelihood might be. Uh, but when I did mention to him, I said, well, geez, you know, if you feel like you can get by that first round game on Saturday, 
you know, being a top two seed, you have Sunday off. So in theory, you have maybe two extra days to rest him. And I kind of got a sense that that's something that they're talking about, that maybe like, you know, can we risk it, mm-hmm. not play him Saturday, and then hope that if you get through that, beat Purdue Fort Wayne, maybe those two extra days of rest, you can bring him back on Monday. We'll see. I mean, it's possible he'll play. I mean, I was just telling somebody the other day, I mean, when Augustana was in the Division Two championship a couple of years ago, Dan Jansen played the day after he broke his foot. No you know, so I yeah. mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, pain tolerance and those sorts of things. So we'll see. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't want to, you know, make Jacks fans think like, "Oh yeah, don't worry, he's playing." I, right. I don't. I don't get that sense at all. UND and USD played in the regular season finale on Saturday. Since they're meeting up now on Sunday, do we get the sense that we're? Did they not want to show each other too much? Like because this was the expected matchup. Right. I mean, barring I guess UND maybe pulling off the shocking upset, and USD would have been bounce to the to the four seed i believe but do we do we think that und has a, a pretty good chance to take down usd i think so i mean uh you know we talk so much about the whole how hard it is to beat a team three times in one year that's that that old trope kind of gets beat to death um but the reason it does is because you know more often than not if one team beats the other three times it's because that team was way better when it comes into play is when you've got two evenly matched teams, uh, you know, then it, then that's when it becomes harder to do, you know, mm-hmm. USD, SDSU women is a perfect example. Yep. You know, USD's women are really good, but so are SDSU. So beating, beating them three times, that's tough. That's been proven in the past. I think USD is a better team than North Dakota, but are they way better than them? No, I don't think so. And like I mentioned, Marlon Stewart's playing as well as anyone in the conference right now. Um, they get, they have to beat those guys three times. That's going to be tough to do. I'm not saying they can't do it. If you forced me to bet money on it, I'd take the Coyotes. Uh, but I think yep. that's definitely the you look at the first round games, and if you assume that four or five matchup is kind of a toss up and it's not an upset, who wins either one? Then you look at the other three. What's the most likely for there to be an upset? I, I think it's probably UND USD. That's that's an interesting game. How uh, how sad are we that uh, this is going to be the last year that we see Purdue Fort Wayne in the tournament? <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to miss them any more than uh, John Kaufman is going to miss playing those games uh, in the Premier Senate. <laughs> well, we're going to miss the you know the Don. I mean, he's one of the better mascots at the tournament, at least in in my opinion. There and then is uh is Billy Wright uh, the head coach at Western Illinois? Is he going to be back? I can't I can't foresee that happening, but I don't know if you had any insight on that. Uh, a lot of times with these summer league situations, it's entirely dependent on. Uh, what the contract status is because most of these programs don't have the money to to buy a coach out and fire him in the middle of the contract uh rodney billups at denver i think he'd be gone after this year but he has another year left so he's got one more year to either you know get it turned around and prove himself or he's going to be gone after next year billy wright i think you know other than the big upset win they got against the jacks last year in the tournament they haven't done a whole lot under him uh if indeed this is the last year of his contract i don't expect him to be back uh, if he's got one more year, then, you know, probably one more year of getting your brains beat in, and then he's gone. Yep, I probably agree with you on that one. And then, finally, I know you had touched on it, you know, just regarding back to the women, that it is always difficult to beat a team three times, and the fact that USD has never beaten SDSU when they've played in the championship game, do you think that's the the only, like, mental hurdle that USD is really going to have to face in route to the, the Summit League championship? Yes, I think that's if you're a Jacks fan looking for you know a reason to, to think you got a chance, 
or if you're a USD fan and you're, there, you're like, what's the one thing that could trip us up or one thing we have to worry about, I think that's it. Now, again, like I mentioned earlier, I think the difference in talent between these two teams right now, the difference in personnel, I mean, USD is better at every position. There's not one position where you would look at the matchups and go, okay, yeah, I'm in favor of the Jacks in that one. So it's really hard to see it happening. But like we said, uh, the Jacks have a great history of playing in this tournament. They know how to handle this environment. Aaron Johnston knows how to prepare them and have them ready for this. And to his credit, they were much better uh, in the second meeting mm-hmm. in Brookings than they were when they went down to Vermillion and, and got creamed. Yep. He's a good coach. I mean, yep. I'm sure he's not happy that people like me keep telling him his team doesn't have a chance to win, <laughs> but he's certainly not going to listen to us. Um, and uh, he's, he, he, he can coach. He's going to work. It's not like he's going to punt this and then say, well, USD is just too good this year. We can't beat him. He's going to do everything he can try to come up with something, some sort of schematic thing or whatever, uh, you know, to swing this into his bed. I mean, obviously they're going to slow the game down, try to limit possessions just because they're the inferior team. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say, like I said, I, I don't think there's much chance. I just think USD is so good. Uh, but, I, but I would throw in that sort of never-say-never never caveat yep. just because of the, the history of both of these teams in this series and in this tournament. Do we think that USD is capable then of getting uh, to making a sweet, a sweet 16 run like the Jacks did last year? Is it completely dependent on seeding? Like, if they're a 7 seed, I don't see it happening. Uh, a 6 seed, you know, I think they have a chance. But what do, what do we think? Do the, Can they make it to the second weekend? And they, they certainly can. I mean, they're that good. You know, they're, they're depending on the poll, whatever. But, I mean, I think we can all agree they're probably one of the, at minimum, 15 or 20 best teams in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's it's wild to me. I, I feel like they're getting disrespected in in the, uh, the, you know, the mock brackets that we've seen coming out. Everything I've seen has had them at either a 6 or a 7 seed. Well, the Jacks were a 6 seed last year. And USD's resume this year is at least as impressive as, as theirs was last year. I know, you know, it's not necessarily apples to apples. Every year is different. The, you know, the other teams, all that sort of thing. Yep. But you kind of think with the history of both of these teams, I mean, the SDSU's history, you would think, would help USD in this situation. We have seen that a team that wins, you know, high 20s, low 30s games in the Summit League is mm-hmm. a team that can win NCAA tournament games. Yep. If USD <laughs> manages to get that five seed that I think they deserve, then I think they're a Sweet 16 team. Yep. If they're a seven seed, you know, then I would assume they're then it's if they're a seven seed, it's going to be tough just to win your first round game. I still think they would, but then they're looking at having to knock off a two in the second round, and that'd be really tough. Yeah, likely you know a Louisville or an Oregon State or something that would be uh, extremely difficult. So USD, you you're you're picking USD women to win, but obviously can't count out the Jacks. And then on the men's side. Who, who do you like? Do you like the Bison? Do you like the Jacks? Do you like the Coyotes or someone else? I'll take the Bison. Uh, if Doug Wilson was fully healthy, I think I would pick the Jacks. But given uh, the situation there and not knowing how much they're going to get from him, like I said, I think the Jacks can win a game without Doug Wilson, but winning three in a row without him. And again, maybe he comes back and that changes things. But right now, I just feel like the Bison are a little bit more of a safe bet. Boy, injuries have just killed the jacks in numerous and i saw your tweet you know whether it be football with jabori gibbs or you know basketball both teams and then baseball it's been it's been rough uh been rough yep, injury wise for it's a, been one of those years where you a lot of jacks fans at the end of it are going to be asking what if because a lot of great players went down mm-hmm. well matt appreciate the time as always i know you have a busy week ahead and uh, of course a busy f- few days here starting saturday but appreciate the time and we'll see you down in sioux falls
Sounds good, Nate. See ya. Matt Zimmerman, Argus leader, kind enough to join us here. Always appreciate his time. Uh, you heard it all. Uh, great stuff, great insight there. He likes the USD women, and he likes the NDSU men. Uh, I can't fault him with the USD. I can't fault him with either pick. Uh, but if Doug Wilson can somehow play. Uh, come on, Jax. Let's let's get dancing again. If not, you have to dance next year. Have to dance next year. Uh, so that uh, pretty much concludes our Summit League talk our preview here um i'll mention it one other time here later on in the podcast towards the end but coming up next we'll finish out this week's edition of the podcast talking with jeff lloyd second from the lockdown browns podcast to talk about the nfl combine who impressed i know a few people that impressed me Let's see if he gives us the same answers here that's coming up next on the sports block podcast now available on podcast.com We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Lockdown Browns Podcast, Jeff Lloyd II. Jeff, how you doing? Uh, we're doing good, Nathan. You know, obviously a long weekend in the books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some questions answered, some questions even maybe bigger than they were. Uh, you know, the move to prime time, which, you know, obviously got more ratings, but I don't know necessarily got exactly what they were hoping for as far as, you know, workouts and things of that nature, but... Yeah, another combine in the books. Who do you think, out of everyone, had the most impressive uh, combine performance? Because I know of at least two that really stuck out to me. I'd say probably Denzel Mims out of Baylor. I think Denzel Mims, everybody loved the tape. Everybody loved the player. I didn't think you were going to get a plus athlete, a ridiculously plus athlete. Seeing him uh, test the way he did, and then obviously every. Avenue was fantastic. Um, I guess I would say Tristan Worse. I mean, when yep. you test athletically like the third best tight end in the class, and you weigh 320 pounds and you're a tackle, um, and that was pretty impressive. You know, obviously some of the linebackers tested well, and there were other some, there's some other guys that showed pretty well in some aspects. You know, the tackles as a whole were pretty good. The linebackers as a whole were pretty good. But Worfs and Denzel Mann got to be the first two that probably stand out for me. Yeah, Worfs uh, completely made my jaw drop, you know, seeing him run and stuff. Like, is you know, I think we were kind of coming in thinking that Mackay Becton was, from Louisville was going to be the first offensive tackle taken off the board. Has Did Worfs' combine maybe jolt him up a little bit ahead of Becton, or do we still see Becton probably being the number, the, the first offensive lineman off? I think it's going to depend, because, I mean, look, we can agree on the fact that the first four are all good. That's one yes. thing we're okay with, yep. whether it's Tristan Worth, whether it's Mackay Beckton, Andrew Thomas has done, you know, whatever little role he had was ridiculous, and he's still a quality player, along with Jedrick Wills. I think it's going to be your flavor. If you're the Giants at four, and it's not Isaiah Simmons, you look at Dave Gettleman, his history is a little more old school. Yeah, you'd think Beckton. Um, when you think, you know, obviously there's different offenses, different systems. Tristan Worth would probably be a dream scenario for Cleveland. Uh, even with mm-hmm. the fact that he is as mobile and as agile and strong as he is in his size, he'd be a great you know fit for his own offense. Um, so it's you know, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me if any of them were the first off the board. Maybe Wills, um, but if it's going to be the Giants, then maybe they it, it wouldn't be worse. But yeah, I mean, we thought worse was going to be a dream scenario. At then for Cleveland, um, it's going to you know be sweating that one out to see if that actually happens now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, another guy. Uh, I think you had mentioned him. Uh, Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, ran extremely fast. Now there's talk that maybe he could go 
as high as four to the Giants. I don't know if that's you know just people talking at this point. What did you make of his performance? And wh- where I guess the do you think he can be a linebacker? He seems like he could be kind of a hybrid player for a defense. The tricky thing is that, and this is it. I mean, because he did this at Clemson, and obviously he took over 200 snaps at four different spots, whether it was edge rusher, whether it was traditional linebacker stuff, whether it was playing in the nickel, or whether it was playing just a traditional B, B free safety role. But the thing is, is, what do you do with that? You can't build a defense with that guy because you need the other guys around him. Mm-hmm. So for him to be the true value guy who can do a little bit of everything, you kind of have to have a defense already in place. So that's where it's going to get tricky with it. Look, the Giants do have some D-line. They did draft some secondary last year. Would he fit there and they can maybe let him do what he wants? Or there's going to be teams that just say, you know what, he's Brian Urlacher. Just put him at little middle linebacker and put him between the hashes. Let him run sideline to sideline all day long. He's going to make a million plays that way. Are you maybe drafting him a little high? Maybe. But Devin White went five last year. Devin Bush went ten last year. So it's not too insane to just think of him as a traditional linebacker and him still going top 10. And maybe you do that with him as a rookie until the rest of your defense is in place, and then you can kind of open things up for him after you're able to acquire some more talent around him where you can absolutely maximize his versatility. A uh, couple other guys that really uh, stuck out to me. Uh, what, what did you make of An- Antoine Winfield uh, Jr.'s performance overall? Well, what, well, remember when we talked about with, with Winfield, I told you he was going to have to overcome the fact that uh, he was lacking in size mm-hmm. by testing very well. He did do that. He ran very well, obviously, which was good for him. The jumps were pretty good. Um, you know, he did come in undersized, like we said, you know, a little bit below 5'10". Luckily for him, it's not a strong, it's not a huge, deep, strong safety class, so he's got that advantage going for him. Um, so it was good for him, and it was good to get out there because, you know, ran felt it, didn't test. Other guys didn't test. So for him to go out there, put up a good time, solidified everything. For now, it's just for him. It's interviews and, you know, pro day where he's not going to have to do much. And everybody always loves the sound of a former player. Yeah, yes, they do. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks here that I thought I think really helped themselves. Jalen Hurts, I think, overall did very good. I think now, you know, there was maybe some of that talk that, oh, could, could he switch positions? He's like, no, I'm going to be a quarterback, so I think that's good. And now Jordan Love, uh, certainly a guy that we've talked about a number of times here. He he didn't do anything to disappoint, and now I've seen him, like, in, in mock drafts being taken as high as six by the Chargers. I think that maybe is a little high for him, but that maybe that that's certainly the, uh, the the floor for him. I, I don't know. But uh, Hertz and Love, I thought, were the two biggest quarterback winners uh, at the Combine. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree. Um, and obviously, you know, they both uh, you know, obviously had the night version. Um, and, you know, for the, you know, the guys who were the, you know, the earlier portion, it was, you know, an I mean, advantage for them. You didn't have to throw next to Joe Burrow. But the thing with Jalen Hurts is the one thing you were going to look for here is what made him – a, such a big, big threat for Alabama was the fact that he was able to use his legs. That was not going to be of any consequence here at the combine. So we were just going to base him on a pure thrower. The balls were crisp. They were on a rope. And he just looked very impressive. Um, anybody, you know, and for him, I, I give it credit. Two years ago, I never thought we would have been talking about Jalen Hurts as a mid-second-round quarterback, maybe mm-hmm. an athlete. But he had, you know, phenomenal. He looked great. I mean, his ball placement was fantastic. His anticipation, his velocity was right there at the rest of the guys. Jordan Love looked fabulous, and there were a lot of people who were trying to clamor for Jordan Love, saying, look, just get him around some talent that's equal to his. 
And just even the combine, where you barely know these guys, he was able to light it up because he was around some legitimate talent. Um, maybe not a guy that's going to start day one, but, I mean, if you're the Colts and this Philip Rivers thing doesn't happen, yeah, Jordan Love wouldn't be a terrible, terrible option. Maybe it was just me that this year compared to other years, but did it seem like more guys were getting injured with hamstrings and stuff either during the 40-yard dash or other drills than in previous years? Um, this is, well, A number one, and this is what we had talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, this was going to be iffy for these guys who worked out. This is the first time where you're working out at prime time. For years, it was, you know what, guess what, your alarm's going to go off at 7.30, we're going to have your shake ready, get a little caffeine in you, and go rip off the best workout of your life, and well, you know, no workout after, workout after this is ever going to matter again. Um, these guys, I mean, some of these guys were actually physically putting their cleats on until 8.30 at night. It's just not the time your body is used for maximum you know, effort as far as something like that. I think a lot of it was due to the fact that these guys were pressing. A lot of them, it was frustration because with prime time, came more ads, came more lulling, more standing around. I mean, some of the guys that I talked to this week were not happy. Um, and then I think because of the fact it was put on prime time, there was just like some stupid pressures, like the whole Henry Ruggs thing. It was just mm-hmm. annoying. Like, what we needed to see from Henry Ruggs because we needed to see a really clean gauntlet drill. We needed to see him run some more routes because as far as some of the other wide receivers in this class, he just doesn't have the production resume and just didn't have the opportunity some guys did. Look, if he broke John Russ's record or not, nobody cared. We right. knew he was fast. I mean, is there really a difference between 4.27 and 4.22? There's not. It's, it's crazy, crazy fast. But the entire, and it, with 55 wide receivers there and all of these kids having legitimate, really solid talent, all we're talking about is Henry runs his 40. Henry runs his 40. And it, it, was, it was a waste. And I think they put him in a spot where the kid put so much pressure on himself. He wanted to break that record. Mm-hmm. You know, he almost psyched himself out. And it was just it, it was a waste. Because the only thing we got from him was a 40 time that told us he runs in the 4-2s. Which is, guess what? Everybody knew that already. Right. A- yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with you there. Yeah, like you said, we had talked about it last week with... The move to prime time, how would this affect the guys? And it seemed like maybe a little bit, at least negatively, it did in certain aspects. Speaking of workouts, though, uh, is it bad when a punter has arguably a better workout, at least bench press-wise, than every wide receiver and most tight ends, like uh, Matt Turk's nephew, uh, Arizona State punter Michael Turk had? Um, well, I guess, I mean, you can throw up 25 reps. Look, I mean, you know, you never know where this guy was as a high school player, you know, maybe mm-hmm. he was more than just a punter there, you know, and maybe punny was just, you know, his calling card. Um, you're never, I mean, you find me a wide receiver that's going to do 25 reps. I don't know about that. You know, wide receiver, who left busy, who and everything else. They're going to put in the weight work that is needed to put in. Nobody's going to ever go the extra mile. Some guys, look, you just have the body composition, arm blank, barrel chested, where, you know, bench press comes easier for you. It's definitely an anomaly, um, and obviously for him, I mean, I'm sure he was thrilled to do it. Like, yeah, right, man, wait, oh, wait till they see this punter get in there yeah. and throw some weight around. And God bless him. I mean, it just, you know, every now and then you get something quirky from the combine. Obviously, you know, just like Makai Beckton at almost 370 pounds running a 5-1 flat, yep. you get a punter who can throw up 25 reps at 225. Every now and then you get some quirkiness out of the combine. And that's the beauty of it all, uh, too. Uh, you, Amen. Uh, what about a couple of other uh, or a couple of players? I guess that you were looking to see more of that you didn't, either through poor performance or just not being able to complete all drills. Um, Xavier McKinney out of, out of Alabama running a four six four forty. That was one where it was just like uh, you know uh, 
Um, and some of these Ed guys, some of the guys that I like better who didn't work out, um, it's going to be late to the process for them, whether it's Jason, Daryl Taylor's a guy I like out of Tennessee. He didn't work out. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, which was weird because he came in at like 208, 209 out of Ohio State, mm-hmm. which seemed like he was prime, slim, trim for a good workout. I mean, I know the ankle was a little bit bulky from the, from the college playoff game, so maybe they didn't think he was going to get 100%, you know, be one of the percent for his test team. So, you know, he would have liked to have seen that. Uh, and then there were just some weird ones. You know, uh, the, the, the three-cone drill for almost everybody was crap. It was horrible. And I think that was part of just be standing around standing around and maybe they were just like look you know they were just instructed look don't worry about that stuff just run the fastest 40 you can we can always go do another three cone if we do that at pro day obviously the time will be a little bit more friendly um but there was like so many like testing them that didn't add up Jalen rager ran fast um the other stuff we were expecting you know the you know the, the time with the three cone stuff were really really bad and just stuff like that Derek brown was another one i mean granted i'm not care i don't care about the defense the tackle you're running left and right so much as they had north and south, but you mm-hmm. know, put together a, a bad three cone. And I think it just became a time where it was just too much time on the field, and these guys just had to pick and choose what they think they could really nail and just let the other chips fall where they were going to fall. So now that the combine is done and now we get to go to pro days, is there anything that you are looking forward to, specifically either in the pro days or between now and and then? Uh, well, I mean, you know, Grant Delpit, who's probably supposed to be the number one safety in this class, he'd like some numbers, and that's going to be, a, you know, obviously a later one. Um, you're going to look forward to, you know, April 9th. Everybody wants to see what we can see out of Tua. It's not going to be about times or any of that stuff. You just want to see him throw. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, some of the fluidity is coming back to that hit. Uh, so that's, you know, a huge one there. Um, my guy, Tyler Johnson, uh, I'd love to at least get some sort of time on Tyler Johnson. I love the player, but it does make it difficult when you you know you don't know uh, 40 of any time, and you like some other testing numbers. And you know some of these guys either still have don't have complete re- you know still have incomplete resumes, mm-hmm. or some of these guys are going to need to greatly improve on some of these things. Um, it's it, it, it's a different year normally. I mean, you know most of this stuff does get done at the combine. I understand the hesitation this year with some guys and with injuries. Um, you Brandon Jones, another safety from Texas. He's another guy we're waiting for numbers on. So you just, you know, you need some guys here to you know, fill this out and fill out these resumes because, you know, if you don't do well at pro day, that's it. You, you don't get the second chance. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, so between the combine and the pro days, and of course your your tape in college, that it speaks for itself, and we'll, we'll see what happens there at the draft. Uh, Jeff, I always appreciate the time, my friend, and uh, I know we'll be chatting between now and the draft uh, a couple of different times. So thanks so much, and uh, you have a great week. You as well, Nathan, anytime. You know that. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Floyd, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast. Great stuff, as always. Always appreciate his time. He's so good at what he does. So good. So passionate. Love talking to Jeff. Uh, during this time and yeah we have a lot of different things to talk about here at the combine and well some guys had good performances some didn't and maybe we should take the it out of prime time the combine i don't know but we'll have jeff on a few different times here uh leading up to the draft we'll do uh, best offensive players overall after the the pro days have worked themselves out the best defensive players and then course the mock draft which is always the most important thing speaking of mock drafts no that was bad that's bad 
You know the Summit League tournament's going on here, so again, final thoughts on it. I think the SDSU men, hopefully Doug Wilson can play. I think he will play at least one game. That's assuming they get by Purdue-Fort Wayne. People could play between 70 and 80%. Uh, hopefully he's rehabbing like you know his butt off. I'm guessing he is. I think SDSU will win the men's side, but if he can't go, I'll reluctantly take the buys. And it really stinks for SDSU to have to play USD in the second round, assuming USD gets by UND in the quarterfinals. Uh, you had little different differing of opinions between. Travis Krins and Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader uh, regarding you know kind of the the Summit League tournament as a whole and how deep it is. Matt thinks you know that this you know this Denver team is better than, than what we think. Travis says, eh, kind of crap. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Addie Murky's very very good for Denver. Maybe he can propel them to another eight, uh, Denver to an eight-one upset to the, be the second consecutive year that an eight has taken down one. We see no hope for Brittany Lang and Omaha taking down USD. Uh, we don't see any sort of hope for SDSU to beat USD unless something miraculous happens. I mean, USD is just so good this year. And then we'll see what when it comes down to seating. Again, no show next week. We will be at the Summit League Tournament. Then two weeks, though. Not next week, but the week following. We will have the podcast out very early, hopefully on Tuesday for you. Because that will be our big bracket breakdown show. March Madness is here, folks. March is here. And hopefully the NCAA doesn't go mad and cancel it or uh you know make the games be played in empty arenas let the crowds come um march madness is meant to be played in front of the fans that they provide the energy it's part of the atmosphere it's part of the overall spectacle that is march madness so hopefully that happens uh so between march madness and then we got the pro days coming up for the nfl uh, spring training going on you got baseball the baseball season is going to open up here in a few weeks so lots of sports to get to here so definitely stay tuned to the sports block podcast uh you can find it on podcast.com follow me on twitter at andy stacken travis crins at travis crins matt zimmer at argus matt z uh and for jeff lloyd jeff underscore LL underscore Lloyd will confirm that here. And then uh, at Lockdown Browns Podcast, follow that. It's always great stuff. So with that being said, uh, we are wrapping this Sports Block podcast up. And again, the for Jeff Lloyd underscore Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd for the Twitter handle. So uh, we'll see you at the Summit League Tournament, maybe, some of you. Otherwise, you'll be watching it. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. USD women win. SDSU if, Jeff, or if, if Doug Wilson's healthy. If not, we'll pick NDSU. But it should be fun. And then two weeks from now, the best podcast of the year, the March Madness Bracket Breakdown. We'll pick every game. We'll talk about the regions. We'll talk about who got snubbed. And we'll pick it all the way to the national championship. So definitely listen in. We'll got, we got a good show, some key nuggets, key pieces of information for you. But for... Travis and Matt and Jeff. I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe. Keep washing your hands. Stay home if you're sick. Don't let the coronavirus get to you. 
and enjoy all the conference tournaments that are going on both now and next week. Can't wait for the madness to begin. So for everyone here at the Sports Block, po- Sports Block Podcast, easy for me to say, I'm Nathan Stacken. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks on the best podcast of the year, the March Madness Breakdown Podcast. Just come back. It'll be great. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week. Have a great couple weeks. Enjoy all the college basketball conference tournament action.